You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to The New Dish. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, responsible by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. That is Don Callahan. It's been a while, Don. We were just talking before we went live. I guess December 20th was the last time we did one of these. That's like, what, 20 days ago? 21 days ago? Oh, it's more? Yeah. Yeah. It's three weeks ago, I guess. Three weeks ago. Well, we were going to be on together a week ago, but you kicked me off. No, you you wanted out. And screaming. Don't make me call you out. <laughs> Had a little bit of news going down last week. Literally, Wednesday what was it, like so. an hour before? Yeah, it was uh, breaking news. So we got together with the El Jefe and Jason Staples to discuss the coaching moves that at the time North Carolina had made. So a hectic time last week. Noon Dish suffered. Well, Noon Dish didn't suffer. Your appearance on your own show suffered. That's yeah. probably accurate. But it is, uh, it is back. I about crashing the party. You could have. I asked you to. I mean, it is relevant. And, and when I look on the Inside Carolina message boards, I see a weekly scoop, and I see you discussing the recruiting impact of well, the coaching changes. The, and that's, the, the, if we were going to make this into a pie, right, The as far as, like, the fan base, the consideration, and actually even the decisions that were, were went into making that the decisions to part ways with Tim Cross, uh, bring in Monaquino, uh, part ways with um, Gene Chizik and then eventually, because at that point he hadn't been hired, but bring in Collins, the recruiting aspect, I feel like is a very small piece where maybe, maybe 25%. I think, I mean, Mac Brown wasn't making those decisions with recruiting strongly in mind. I mean, recruiting all, always has to be on mind to some degree. So, but yes, the weekly scoop does cover my thoughts on, those uh, moves purely from a recruiting perspective. You get a chance to, to check that out. I did hundred percent. I read, I read all your stuff. Do you listen to all my shows? I do, I do not. See, this is a one-sided relationship. I'm used to that kind of stuff. It is, you know, I'm used to it. So I deal well with it. Uh, Preston shouts you out. You were missed last week. No, you weren't. Didn't miss Don at all. Never miss Don when he's Yeah, you guys here. didn't have a top five. No top five. You should we, have let uh, Jason pick the top five. That could have been interesting. Um, we, we were on a time crunch, all right? Ah, you know? And speaking of time, of so our time, some perfect segue to our time, oh, excuse me, to our top five this week. And we'll do this after our guest joins us in the middle of the show. But top five things that you will do now that college football season is over. Because of the extra time. 
because you, you have you have plenty of extra time. Yeah. And uh, so that's your top five, folks. If you're watching, shout out to the folks in the chat already. Top five things you will do with your time now that college football season is over and does not start back until officially games the last week in August, last weekend in August. Uh, Don, let's sort of talk about what has happened since you and I last talked on signing day. Oh, we need we need to talk about our guest. Yeah, let me let me and I'll do that. Let me give a, a shout out to Don because he texts me earlier in the week and says, "Do do we want to get this guy as a guest?" Because he's was at all all the All Star games or knows all about the All Star games, high school All Star games. Well, he was at all of them, all the main ones that we care about. And uh, yeah, that we care about. Um, how many are there these days? Anyway, no, I digress. Andrew Ivins, twenty four sevens director of scouting will join us um, shortly. And Andrew and Don and myself will talk about uh, the Under Armour Bowl, the All-American Bowl, and the Shrine Bowl that uh, more than a handful of North Carolina recruits participated in over the last couple weeks or over the last month or so. Certainly relevant discussions there as North Carolina signing day class that we talked about on the 20th is basically 90% of them, 85% of them, Mm-hmm. started classes in Chapel Hill today. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a relevant discussion with Andrew. We'll get to him shortly. But, Don, first, before we before Andrew joins us, I want us to talk about the transfer portal. Okay. Um, it has made your job tougher. It has made your job more hectic. Um, it has made your job a never-ending thing. Where it used to, It's kind of like tax season, right? Once April 15th rolls around, CPAs get a break. Once signing day would roll around, Don Callahan would get a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. No longer. What, what's going on with the portal, my man? Yeah, so the big thing right now is today is the first day of the spring semester at UNC. And the reason why that's significant is that in order for a transfer to participate in spring practice, which is the preference for UNC staff and for most staffs, I would imagine, is to get these transfers in for spring practice for obvious reasons. Obviously, um, they can, what is, I think it's, I think it's Wednesday, I think of next week is the last day for late registration, I believe. Tommy, you would know this stuff better than I would. No, because my children are on time. Oh, and, gotcha. uh, I, I think you're right, though. I think it's sometime late next week. Yeah. So, um, but most of the guys who are going to make decisions have already made decisions. Um, there will obviously be some guys who UNC is going to be looking to try to bring in for the summer. But really, this is kind of like, a, I guess, a somewhat of a deadline sort of thing. And so I don't remember exactly what has happened. I imagine there was at least, I think, two commitments since our signing day show, but right now we're standing at, I'm talking about transfers. We're standing at five transfer commitments and there are, there is um, at least uh, Darwin Barlow, Southern Cal running back transfer who officially visited North Carolina um, last week over the weekend. Um, he's kind of out there still hasn't made his decision. So there's a potential for a sixth. We have hinted at, Another, um, I'll leave that for the weekly scoop to kind of to, to get the um, the details on that. Um, also, the Monday portal scoop 
that probably covers it a little bit more in detail, that situation. But the weekly scoop gives a little bit of an update. So anyway, so I'm sure you're more interested in talking about the five who are actually committed. Correct? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a, once they show up on campus, let's talk about them type of guy. And well, in a lot of these situations, they probably, I would imagine most of these guys are on campus now. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and just for planning purposes or viewing purposes for folks watching this show, Don covers all of them. Once they get to Chapel Hill, it goes over to other folks. And, and if folks remember last year, Jason Staples put together uh, scouting reports on each transfer, and he and I did accompanying or, or buddy buddy videos. Um, analysis from Jason that go along with those transfer scouting reports. So hopefully we'll be able to get those done ahead of spring practice. So that'll be something to look forward to. Interesting note, last year, all but one of North Carolina's transfers was on campus for spring. So that's a relevant discussion. Mm -hmm. Stick Lane yeah. um, wanted to get when that. He had to enroll. Um, he had to graduate from Georgia state in order to transfer. And so that would happen in May. And so there are some situations we won't get into it here, but there are some situations where North Carolina is dealing with recruits who are in similar situations. Yeah. And so you've got, uh, you've got that going on too as well, but let's get into real quick, just sort of update people on the five that should be or, or on campus today as classes start for North Carolina. I'll let you run it down. And if you want to put them in any particular order, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to see it, but I would think most folks are going to say Max Johnson, quarterback from Texas A&M, that is assumed to battle Connor Harrell this spring would be number one on your list. So I'm putting him in order of – You do them in order however you want. Okay, I'm just going to list them. I think this is an order of when they actually committed. Yes, I think it is. So Max Johnson, quarterback from Texas A&M. I think we did ha – we have talked about him a little bit. He was the first one. He committed before the portal window actually even opened. Um, so he's, as you mentioned, he's coming in to compete for the the starting quarterback job that was left vacant by Drake May's departure. We have his, I'll go a little bit out of order from this, his brother, Jake Johnson, tight end. He's a tight end from Texas A&M, was the number one tight end in his class as a recruit. He's dropped a little bit, I think, with the, the high school, I'm sorry, with the transfer rankings. But... Um, um, Tight end was not a need necessarily for North Carolina, but a talent like this, this is this is what you kind of deal with with the portal. It doesn't always have what you want, and sometimes it has things that you don't necessarily need, but you kind of just take it because you know you don't want to turn it down. That's the situation with Jake Johnson. Then we have um, Austin Blasky. He was a guy who offensive lineman. He was a guy who competed for the left tackle spot at Georgia and lost that battle um but you know the guy that he lost it to was like a top 50 recruit for his class so he's a guy who's going to absolutely compete for playing time along the offensive line and play a bunch of different positions and then jakeen harris was a christmas day announcement he was one of the secret official visitors i think now that he's out there he's an nc state guy um a former nc state guy you know he has a safety Knowing he's from a rival, you can see why it was difficult to kind of find out information on this. But he committed to North Carolina on um, on Christmas. For those who have followed North Carolina, they know safety is an absolute need. So he he provides some um, some experience there. 
Um, all these guys, we have in-depth breakdowns throughout the past, I guess, month or so. So check that stuff out for more details. We, we obviously have limited time here to talk about everything. And the last guy who actually was a bit of a surprise over the weekend, Howard Sampson. If you've been following this, you know he took official visits to UNC, TCU, then decided on TCU. He's from Texas, so that makes sense. He played for Coach Clements um, at North Texas. Obviously, that relationship played a big role in him initially considering North Carolina. Um, but um, uh, and then, but he, he he picked TCU. That relationship kind of he held on to throughout that, I guess, commitment span. And then along that time, TCU picked up four other offensive linemen through the portal. Meanwhile, North Carolina North Carolina lost Diego Pounds, so obviously the playing time situation became much more appealing in Chapel Hill. And then you also have a position coach that you're familiar with. So he actually, you know, he said, I talked to him. We have a we have a Q&A up on him on Monday, this past Monday, so you can check out what he exactly said. But essentially, he, he started to kind of reconsider some things, and he made the flip official on Sunday. It's interesting. A Texas guy, North Texas, and Tyran Stewart, of course, the, ju- the junior college guy that is part of North Carolina's recruiting class that we've talked about as well. But Barlow, uh, the Southern Cal running backs, also from Texas and has yeah. Carolina and UTSA mm-hmm. on the list. Uh, interesting that Texas has become a pipeline for North Carolina as well. Anything left on the portal scoop as we have there is, Andrew? There is a good question in there. I don't know if you saw. I can't start. Any Taz Walker-ish issues? Is that So the currently they have, I guess, temporarily lifted this rule about um, the second-time transfers being you have to sit out or whatever. I, it was like almost a year ago. I got in a back and forth on the message boards about how I thought that this second time rule thing was never going to stick because it was going to fall apart just like the first time transfer rule did. And there was a lot of pushback from some posters, but here we are. There's, there's just no way once the courts get involved, I shouldn't say no way, but I can't see how once the courts get involved that this will stick as far as the transfer portal stuff. But as of right now, the, any second time transfers, who aren't grads um, are allowed to play immediately. Now, I mean, who knows if something gets put in place for, you know, I don't know. But as of right now, it shouldn't be an issue. A lot of these guys, um, from my understanding, are either graduates or it's their first time transferring. So even if that rule was still in place, it won't be an issue. It's an interesting thing. I mean, it is a free-for-all in college football now. And, you know, there for a while – and we're going to talk high school recruiting here when Andrew joins us, but once in a while, shortly ago, if you got a transfer, you had a transfer, Mm -hmm. and you had them for some period of time because they had used that one free one. Now with with that rule and that injunction or whatever they called it, and now the NCAA is allowed, I believe is still in effect, allowed basically freedom of movement no matter what, and uh, certainly has gotten into the – free agency during the season type deal that's going on with uh, college football now. I'm going to bring in Andrew here. He appears ready. I know he can hear me. Andrew, what's going on, my man? 
I'm doing good, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys are mentioning things are changing. You know, I think we saw that with the All-Star Games. A lot of players not participating like we thought they would. Had to kind of work our way down the list. It'll be interesting to see just with, you know, the NIL, the race to get to college, uh, kids in bowl practices, you know, what these All-Star Games look like in the, in the next few years. So, yeah, I'm going to let – I'm yeah. going to let Don, I'm going I'm to let Don introduce you fully, but I want to ask you a question. So you're saying we had opt-outs in high school All-American games now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, you look at, you look at the All-American Bowl, first six quarterback invites, all of them ended up turning it down at the end. And, and, and the primary reason why is because they wanted to get to those bowl practices. But I can remember when every single one of those invites went out and it was a massive deal at the time. And it's just times have changed, right? And uh, with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams next year, I mean, who knows what it will look like. Uh, you used to want to play on NBC. You used to want to announce your commitment on NBC. Um, but that is no longer the case. And it seems like to me that would help, I guess, your – brand being but i don't know I, I a lot of these kids have other advisors who are way smarter than i am with this sort of stuff making those decisions so but let me introduce andrew who's been on the podcast before so if you if you're a regular on the podcast you know who andrew is director of scouting at 24 7 sports what exactly is the director of scouting for those who are unfamiliar i'm in charge of uh our high school rankings right so i lead up our team uh, we got national analysts around the country. Um, you know, we got regional guys, team site guys. Um, I'm the one kind of with the vision. You know, I think you could compare it little to, uh, you know, a guy heading up a college recruiting department, uh, a GM at a level, you know, at the next level, just kind of steering our rankings because um, it's a process. I think, Don, you've used the term in the, in the past. It's a bit of an art, you know, what we're going to value. Um, and our rankings are always going to reflect the NFL draft because that's that's when we're measured the most, right? The NFL kind of runs America. Um, so if we got, you know, our top 247, we're saying, hey, that's a, a future NFL pick. Our, our top 32, um, you know, 32 five stars, that's that, that reflects a, a first round pick. So I'm in charge of all that. And, um, you know, it's 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 a it's a juggle, especially you know, just with how the accelerated the recruiting calendar has become, you know, we've already turned the page to 2025 and, you know, 2026s and whatnots. So uh, that, that's what I do. I'm based in Florida. Um, so I'm in one of the uh, more fruitful grounds, but I, I'm out there all around the country, you know, whether it be camps, high school games, or, uh, you know, these two all-star games, the Under Armour game, uh, the All-American Bowl was also at the Shrine game. And we had representation at a uh, at the Alabama Mississippi game, and we'll have guys out in Hawaii next week for the uh, the Poly Bowl. And that's why we kind of brought you on. North Carolina was well represented at all of these games. Um, the first I wanted to get to is one that's kind of near and dear to me, the Shrine Bowl. I mean, I was going to this for because of the reasons you kind of mentioned. I was going to this for I don't know. I mean, it, like 20 years. I think the last one I went to the, was the 2019 one with Sam Howe because of the opt-outs and also because kids are already decided by this point. So it's a, it's a great evaluation situation. But for me, the valuation is part of my job, but it's a small slice compared to the transport portal, which is going on and these, you know, these last minute decisions and all this. So anyway. Um, so I haven't been the last couple of years and I love spending the 
you know, I guess a week in Spartanburg, there's only like five places to eat. And (laughs) so, but, uh, but they're good. Um, where did you go to eat by the way? Oh man, I I was on like, do you go to Beacon? I maybe I, I ended up at one of the recommended recommended places. It was like Monday night and it was, man, it was a dive bar and it was locals only. And I think there was a lot of people wondering what I was doing in that. I tried to get out there as was it fast Chiefs? as I could. <laughs> was it Chiefs? Uh, maybe. I, I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. But inter- it, fun town. It's an interesting town. Yes. It's definitely interesting. Southern, it's definitely interesting southern, is the right southern word. town. So... <laughs> The two guys from North Carolina that were in the Shrine Bowl, Curtis Simpson and Janai Norwood. Let's start with the with Janai because I think the biggest question for him, um, for at least for me, is the position he plays in college. I know in the Shrine Bowl, I guess he started at right tackle in the game. Um, where do you just kind of what you saw from him? What, what do you think his uh, future position is? Well, I think he could be a right tackle, but I, I kind of view him as more of an interior guy. Um, I was only there Monday and Tuesday of practices, you know, ended up watching the game uh, from back home. I thought he was impressive. I thought he moved well. Um, and you kind of touched on it. You know, this this game has changed a little bit in terms of, all right, everyone used to want to represent the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like they almost have to beg some of these kids to be in there, but I thought of the pool of offensive linemen. He was kind of one of the top guys, instant eye catcher. Um, I love his basketball background. You know, he plays some basketball. He's an athletic individual. I view him as more of an interior player. I think he's a guy that could potentially start in the ACC. Now it's probably going to be, hey, you know, two, three years of, of development before he's ready to go. But big functional athlete. And I think if you're North Carolina, you know, that's kind of what you're looking for, what you want to take at that position, especially in this era with the transfer portal. You know, yes, you can go get you know, veteran linemen, maybe from some of the lower levels, but it's so hard. I mean, because you're battling everyone for those. So to me, I think it makes as much sense as you can to stockpile, mm-hmm. you know, that mass and the guys that can move. And I think Norwood, is just that. And if you're North Carolina, hey, you didn't have to get into some huge battle mm-hmm. maybe with some of these other schools for a blue chip. Or, yeah, you want to try to get the blue chip lineman, but, you know, finding local kids, developmental upside, I, I think that's a, a perfect strategy for them. Yeah, but, yeah that, that's but, a bit. Go ahead, Tommy. Let me ask a question here, Don, and pay attention to your slack, like we were talking about. Uh, oh, my bad. Andrew, when you're looking at these guys in high school, how do you sort of project whether they're offensive or defensive linemen? I've always thought that was interesting because a lot of people talk about, you know, Norwood makes great defensive line places, plays. But as a as a guy that evaluates these young men, when you're looking at them, how do you sort of project them out on either side of the ball? You know, it can. I mean, some of these athletes in – I know you're asking about the big boys up front, but man, we keep going back and forth about some of these cream of the crop guys. You know, some analysts are, are dead set on he, hey, he's an offensive guy. Some guys, you know, we will think he's a defensive guy like Terry Bussey. He's a kid that's going to sign with Texas A&M. We still can't figure out where he's going to play, but we know that we want him uh, on our team. I, I think with the O-line, D-line, it's a little bit more unique now if you look at nfl draft trends right the guys getting selected you go back to this 2023 nfl draft one thing you'll notice with the offense alignment a lot of them two-way snaps as as high schoolers uh and they're productive as seniors i mean getting to the quarterback so that's something we kind of always look for 
you know, we'll lean on, hey, you know, where where do the schools kind of see them? Where are they recruiting him? Because, they, you know, we want to list them where they're probably going to play in college. And it's rare. I mean, you're never going to see us listing a, a kid over 215 pounds as an athlete like that. That's just not going to happen now. You know, we'll maybe throw on the profile. Hey, he, he could play, you know, either side of the ball. But for the offensive lineman, I think what we're looking for, uh, how do they react? You know, reactionary. Uh, I think that's important. And with the big boys, you know, I think sometimes we get so caught up in, all right, you know, what do they look like technically? Hey, are they are they ready to go? And I try to tell our guys all the time, you know, they're going to get coached up. Give me some stuff that they can't do. What's the size? How do they move? How do they distribute that weight? Um, so it's all a projection. You know, it's not an exact science. I think anyone that sits up here and says, hey, we're going to get it right every single time is lying to themselves. You know, you're going to miss. So we try our best. Uh, but really for those those offense alignment, I think it's 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 how they can they recover, you know, can they bend? Because um, I think it's it's a little bit more more rare to find that them working in revor- reverse than some of those pass rushers going forward. Yeah. And so um, the other guy who also played in the Shrine Bowl was Curtis Simpson, who I actually. I didn't watch fully, but I watched bits and pieces of, of it. Um, I thought he should have been defensive MVP. He had a yeah. sack, a really nice sack. He had an interception. He was also, I think he finished um, third in tackles. The The guy who won the defensive MVP was Landon Callahan, who I'm a fan of for obvious reasons. And um, I think he had nine tackles and, and he had like a kick return or whatever. Um, but I mean, anybody, you know, Andrew, when you're up in those press box, those guys just look at the, the guy who had the most tackles, and that's the defensive MVP, yeah. which is kind of foolish, but whatever. Uh, anyway, so what did you think of, of Simpson? Because I know that when you and I have spoken before, you really wanted to kind of get some eyes on him to see his frame and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a – he's a tweener, right? But mm-hmm. I, I – and, and tweener sometimes get this gets a, a negative connotation. People are like, oh, I, you know, I don't like that. I think when you're building out a college roster and you see it even now, you know, on Sundays in the NFL, like tweeners are in. Um, and Curtis Simpson, you know, his measurables aren't maybe where you want them to be. I think he was 6'2 and change, roughly 200 pounds back in the spring uh, with 31-inch arms, right? So he, he kind of lacks the length. With that being said, I mean, his ability – to get after the quarterback, you know, it, it stands out. Like that is what he can do. And then you see him in the game, you see him in the practices. And I thought him dropping back into space in coverage, you know, didn't really see that on tape. So that's that's certainly a plus. You know, I view him as kind of a versatile, you know, second level defender. It's going to depend on how big, you know, how much weight can they put on him and, and really what North Carolina's vision is for him. Uh, but he was one of my favorite players out there. And then I, I agree with, I think he had six tackles. So I think he was like the third leading tackler of that game. And I, you know, when I saw the MVP award, I I was kind of scratching my head, but no, I like him. I think what 46 tackles over the, or 46 sacks, excuse me. Yeah. Past three years, you know, that's what you want to see an an ascending player heading into high school. I think Curtis Simpson is that, I think it was a good evaluation by North Carolina, early on. I know we had him listed in the rankings as like an athlete. I went ahead and flipped him over uh, to edge and, you know, we're, we're still kind of buttoning it up some things. It's not the ideal world. Like, yeah, these guys have signed and now you're kind of still tweaking things, but 
the reality is, is, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and, and things have gotten so sped up that we got to kind of, you know, we got to play catch, catch up and these all-star events, you know, yeah, again, they've signed, but you know, that live exposure is, is so more, is so important. So we're getting one more uh, final rankings update later this month. I think Curtis Simpson's a guy that maybe could move up a little bit in that three-star range. Uh, measurables will be the knock, but his skill set, you know, I can kind of see the big picture playing with him. So, Andrew, when you look at him, obviously, and Preston and Chats, one of our regulars, mentions Kamon Rucker. Um, it, it sounds like he's got some of that in him as far as on the high school level from Simpson. Do you see that as it's maybe a player comp? Or, or are you like Don? You won't do player comps because oh, I, I, love do, player, I, I do player comps. <laughs> I, love, I love player comps if, if they work. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that. You know, I think with Curtis Simpson, again, you know, you get him in the strength program, right? Figure out, can he, is he a hard gainer? You know, what can we put on him? You know, he's a basketball kid. So you're playing 20, you know, 30 basketball games in the winter months. It gets hard for those kids to put on weight. Yeah. It gets hard to get them in the weight room. Um, I think situational rusher early on, and then you just try to expand his palette. Like, what can he do? Can he drop back in certain situations, uh, which we saw again in the Shrine Bowl? So, yeah, I, I kind of like that comp. I, I haven't had a chance to dig in into him as much as I want. I think that's going to be in the, in the coming weeks. You know, we had that mid-senior season of Val. They, they come back to him, so hopefully I can, I can find one. My player comp for Simpson was Malachi Hamrick. And maybe that's more of they both play in the same county again, you know, for rival schools or whatever, but both were long, skinny guys. Um, now Hamrick was probably used more of like a kind of like a defensive weapon at, at Shelby high school moved around a bunch where Simpson's more just kind of, they put him on the edge or, or sometimes inside and just say, get to the quarterback sort of thing. But anyway, Tommy, um, so moving along with the all-star games, um, let's just go under armor. Um, Davion uh, Goss, you know, he had a touchdown run. I think he had a few other carries in the game. Um, but, um, you know, what, what did you kind of see from him? Um, anything, anything new? Cause I, I just felt like I kind of saw the same stuff from, yeah. um, from his, from his career, high school career. Yeah. And I think with these high school games, I mean, the hardest positions to, evaluate when you're there is those kind of like mid skills, right? So your yeah. linebackers, your running backs, and I, you can even put the tight ends in that category. I mean, the Under Armour game is, <laughs> I kind of call it like the Pro Bowl. Um, yes. And, and maybe the All-American Bowl is closer to the Senior Bowl, uh, but we only got like two real days of competition. At, at, at Under Armour, I mean, it's never full contact. It's, mm -hmm. it's just thud up, and then you get the game, and you know, the, the D line always seems to be much better than the offensive line. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, that has to do with the practice schedule, but it's also they they do an excellent job of getting the premium pass rushers to these games. Uh, yeah, I thought it was more of the same six for 27. And, and you said that touchdown. Uh, I think he was the second leading rusher. I think Peyton Lewis maybe had 29 yards off the top of my head. Um Goss to me, I, I think kind of a, a, a change of pace back, but I think he fits you know, the ACC. I mean, if you wanted him to be a workhorse, if you needed to him, you know, to feed him touches, yeah, he could do it. But I think his ideal role, you know, is, is that short yardage third and third and four, third and five. He's a good between the tackles. The knock on him is going to be that top end gear. What happens when he gets into the second level? Um, maybe not as elusive as some of these other guys in the class, but I think he can, he can be a guy in the ACC and he's coming out of a great program, Shaman Madonna prep. I mean, 
I think they won their third or fourth straight title. And, you know, he, he ran for a ton of yards as a youngster. He was he was a star in the youth leagues. And then uh, at Shamanah Madonna, they had two really good receivers. Jeremiah Smith, our, our number one ranked player in the country, and, and Josiah Trader, another top 100 guy. So they wanted to throw the football. Um, but when they leaned on him, he, he certainly could produce. I know you're not in the weeds with uh, UNC, but, you know, so basically um, you have Omarion Hampton. And then from there you have um, Caleb Hood, who's always been injured, and there's not a whole lot else. Um, yeah. They hope to bring in a transfer running back, but that hasn't materialized yet. So obviously there is an opportunity for uh, Gauss. What, um, how ready is he? I think he's someone that that could, you know, year one, right? Again, like, do you want him starting a game? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. How, what does he look like in pass protection? I, I think is an area, you know, he's going to have to soak up that coaching. But physically, you know, he's on the bigger side, still not exactly chiseled. Um, so they're going to have to to get the body right. But you look at college football, we saw it last season. We saw it this past season. You know, running backs can play right away. Like That is the one position if you're looking for – uh, a, a freshman to be ready to go running back is it I, I think two years ago PFF their top 10 graded freshmen six of them were running were true freshman running backs um, and, and there, there was a ton that that did much of the same you had you know Darius Taylor at Minnesota Cedric Baxter at um, at Texas like yeah I, I think for sure you know he could he could be in the committee and then as the season progresses right he gets his feet more wet you know injury bug starts biting you know, for sure, I, I could see him on the field there. The last guy from Under Armour, um, Zion Ferguson. To be honest, I don't remember seeing him. Um, I tried to look for him on defense, but it's so hard. They don't pass the ball to, to his side. You're not going to see it. Did you take any way, way anything from the game with him or the or the practices with him? Yeah, so we got to see a bunch of him in practices, you know, extended one-on-one sessions. I think my takeaway on Zion Okay, he's got some length to him, right? And I, I thought that at check-in, I mean, I don't know, six foot maybe, or I should say at least six foot. Um, so that's what you want on, on the perimeter. You know, went up against some of these blue chip receivers, kind of struggled in one-on-ones. But I think with him, off man is not his jam. I mean, you, you got to get him in that press man situation, mm-hmm. let him use his hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think kind of a, a boundary roll, bumping bump and run is going to suit him best where you, where he's got some safety help over the top. So I, I think the size is there. Correct me if I'm wrong. He went through bowl practices. Did he, did he, did, am I right on that? Um, he was there, but did he actually practice Tommy? Yeah. He, I'm not sure that. Okay. If they did, it was in shorts. In yeah. Okay. I, so. He had mentioned he had, I think we were talking about that, but you know, I think he's kind of a project. The biggest thing with him is he's got that size five, picked off five passes as a senior, I think eight over the past two, two seasons. So, you know, probably going to need a developmental year or two, but I would view him as more of a press man guy um, that you can try to match him up with some of the bigger, bigger targets that are going to be out on the perimeter. Okay. Then moving on to the all American bowl, uh, let's go with the, the, I guess, quote unquote, easier one, which would be the offensive lineman, Andrew Rosinski. Another situation where I didn't catch a whole lot of glimpses of him during the game, um, but I'm I'm hoping that you probably saw some stuff in practice with him. Yeah, so he was a a late invite for mm-hmm. us. You know, we were we were searching long and hard to get some of these bodies in here. Rosinski was a guy we were excited to see um, 
you know, listed as a tackle, still think he could be maybe a right tackle, but also could see him on the inside. Uh, okay. They listed him as the number two center for the East team. That's what he was oh, on really? the, official, okay. as the official depth chart. They were, uh, you know, the guy ahead of him, Cooper Cousins, headed to Penn State. I mean, he he was awesome. But we saw him at guard. We saw him at center. Uh, not sure if we got any of those tackle reps. Okay. Um, not as big as maybe we were hoping in terms of the weight. Came in at 263 pounds when he came through our room and and we measured him. But he was over six foot four. He's got 33 inch arms, so that's that's a plus. That's a plus. I think it's going to be a, a longer burn with him. Um, you know, kind of day one got kind of got his teeth kicked in a little bit. Again, mm-hmm. you're looking at the collection of, of yeah. pass rushers that were at these games. I mean, some of these guys they've they've never really done one on one, so you know we're not going to kill someone for that. Um, and I thought he rebounded well. Um, he was one of the more, believe it or not, like vibrant personalities in the mm-hmm. hotel on the sidelines. Was not expecting that in any way from Rosinski. So. We're fans of him. Uh, I think the big thing is he's going to need some time. And it, we kind of knew that coming into the game. I mean, he is not day one uh, or, or year one, year two. Get him on the roster. Um, and I think what also kind of stood out, his ability to get to that second level. And, and yes, he's on the lighter side, but he should be able, you know, to eventually get to 280, 290 and, 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 and you know, relatively easily. Now, linebacker. Ashton Woods had an interception in the game. Um, I read some of the write-ups during practices where I guess someone, it might have been you, um, said it was fortunate for some of the um, the players during seven-on-sevens that it wasn't tackle because I guess Ashton was in position to kind of clean someone's clock. Uh, what, were, what were your kind of thoughts on, on him and and, um, and just his prospects for North Carolina? Yeah, I think big takeaway with him is you love him between the ears in terms of like mm-hmm. instincts, ability to – key and and read and and get where he needs to be. And you look at what he did as a senior there for Walton High School, which played for uh, a state title and and Georgia's highest classification. I mean, 20 tackles for loss, eight sacks over, you know, well over 100 tackles. He just kind of gets to the football. Um, What did we have him at? He was uh, six, just under six, three, you know, 221 pounds, uh, worked at weak side linebacker. You know, I, I don't know what maybe the Sunday ceiling is with him, but I think he could be a, a really, really good college player, especially in uh, the ACC. I mean, I get the take absolutely for North Carolina. I mean, a guy that, again, you know, you, you look at the high school program he's coming out of, he had a solid showing uh, in San Antonio against, you know, alongside some of the some of the top uh, players in the non- in the nation. I-, I thought he was kind of one of the surprises of the week. If I'm if I'm being honest, Andrew, Andrew, let me ask you a question about level of competition in high school. This is a big thing that I've always talked about with Don. I, I know the camp season and the All American games and all is a big part of it, but sort of speak to level of competition from high school the high school level, especially the Georgia kids or, or whatever, versus where you see a guy dominated a lesser program um, versus a guy that has done it for three or four years at a big time high school program. Yeah, that's, that's always the, uh, that's the difficult one um, in terms of, right. So you take a program like Walton or, or maybe some of these other, you know, powers around the country. A lot of times these guys are, are waiting their turn behind some seniors that, that are going to end up, you know, signing with power five schools. Um, 
competition, you can't control it. I mean, you're going to find some guys in, in different parts of the country, um, and you just kind of kind of roll the dice. Hey, are they doing what a guy dominating that competition should be doing? And, you know, the, we see it. The guy that won MVP uh, of the All-American Bowl was from a town of 2,000 people in, in Minnesota. And, you know, day one, day two, he struggled. I was like, why did we invite this kid? And, and he was kind of my guy. And then when the lights lights turned on, he he shined the brightest. So, you know, you, you try to weigh it out. Uh, I don't think it's it's the end all be all. But then when you can get these guys alongside some of the the, the uh, of the other, you know, quote unquote, blue chippers, it allows you to to stack and, and, and rack them Um with with a guy like Ashton Woods, I think in this era, right, with all the player movement, you know, you want to find if you're building out a roster, you want to find individuals that, you know, have 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 come from programs where they've lifted weights. You know, they, they've done all those extra things and, and they're coming and they're going to be ready to go because, you know, it's so easy now for these kids to leave that aren't invested, that aren't bought into the process. And you know, Ashton Woods coming from Marietta, like he's going to be there for the, he's going to be a program guy. And I think those, those individuals are, are as valuable as ever, uh, just with where roster construction has become. I mean, 30 new faces every year, 30 faces leaving. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I really answered your question, but that's certainly something that stands out when you think of a program like, okay, Walton or, or maybe some of these other powerhouses out there around the country. No, I mean, what you say is relevant, too, because if you come from a powerhouse high school program and you've had to wait your turn to play, you're more likely to want to understand the value in that in college as well, rather than jumping as soon as you realize you're not going to be on the too deep or at the top of the depth chart. So, yeah, I think it's relevant. Don, you've got one more guy to ask Andrew yeah, about. I saved the best for last. I know Andrew has to get out of here. Jordan Ship. Anyone who follows me know I'm a huge. I've been a huge Jordan Ship fan for several years, and I was so happy that there was seemed like every single day in practice there was buzz about him. He had a had a pretty good game um, during the game. Um, what what were your thoughts? And any chance he moves up in these rankings? Yeah, there's a chance he's going to move up. We loved him. Look, the wide receiver class. We've been saying it all cycle. Like this is a loaded group. I mean, it is so loaded. I think of the our twenty top ranked receivers, we saw nineteen of them either at the Under Armour game or at the All American Bowl. And uh, Jordan, right now in our rankings, is not in that top twenty, but he was one of our favorites. He was Alpha Dog of Wednesday, which was um, when we had that joint practice. So the East and the West got together inside the Alamo Dome. They did one-on-ones and they did like a team scrimmage, kind of rotating quarterbacks. It was the best we got uh, out of both these games. You know, the competition, it was ramped up. You could feel the energy and Jordan Ship just kind of took over. Um, came in just over six foot two, 190 pounds, which all of us were kind of shocked because he looks like 200, 210, not in a bad way. Like he's just an imposing guy yeah. on the outside. Uh, he can get vertical. Um, he can change directions. You know, there's a play from his senior highlights that I kind of love. And I got to give credit to Eric Richards, director of the All-American Bowl. You know, we needed a wide receiver. I had kind of given him a list of names. And he's like, well, what about Jordan Ship? 
dug back into it and you know he he catches this pass for uh from Jaden Davis I don't know if it's in the playoffs or the state title game it, it's one of the playoff games I can't remember which one exactly he goes up catches it on a ladder and then just spins away from the DB and gets into the end zone and I'm like yep I'm on board with that like he's an explosive cat for his size and I think what stands out is he gets into the end zone right so he's produced and he gets into the end zone you know past three seasons 173 catches, uh, just under 3,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, um, you know, 16.9 yards per catch. Yeah, we're we're big fans, and uh, I think he's someone that could play year one uh, for North Carolina. Now, I know some guys are coming back for UNC, uh, but I asked someone in Chapel Hill after he was kind of there day one, someone I know, I was like, hey, man, Jordan Ship, and he's like, yeah. I, I, I'm under the impression when he practiced, he kind of exceeded uh, the Tar Heels expectations in terms of where he was at, you know, as a, a high school freshman there going through the bowl practices. So he was awesome. Glad we got him into the game. And yeah, he's he's going to be a guy that we move up in the rankings. Tommy, there you go, Don. No, there you go, Don. Don's president of the ship fan club. It's always one guy every year. And That's Don, my guy so for this year. Real quick, Andrew, let me ask you for the last question. We'll let you get out of here. Um, the impact of the transfer portal on high school recruiting from your perspective? Oh, man, it's it's changed everything. I think when you, you know, you go through our rankings, right? There are kids that are going to, uh, are we still calling them group of five programs? I, I, don't yeah. know where I don't know where we're at now. It's like this kid in previous years would not, would not be going there. Um, so that stands out. Like that, that's kind of like the short term. The other thing is just how accelerated all this has become. And, you know, we're going to get it. I keep telling our guys, I'm like, hey, like be ready to go on 2025 because after everyone catches their breath from this transfer portal, it's going to be full go, you know, with the junior days, locking up commitments. And most of these schools want to have their recruiting classes in place, you know, by the time they start fall camp. And it's like, Signing day, it's still an important day on the calendar, but really the most active kind of time period has right been right around July 4th. You know, right right then we get so many commitments because kids are coming off the summer visits. Um, and we entered, you know, I think the month of December, 93% of our top 247 was committed. I mean, there really wasn't a, a ton of drama. I have my th my thoughts on this. You know, we've, we've kind of uh, essentially eliminated the senior evaluation which i i i kind of question you know a mm -hmm. lot of these guys can take steps forward and mm -hmm. i think a lot of guys can take their foot off the pedal and then they show up to these colleges and and the schools are like well hey you know you're not really what we thought you were but guess what we can move off you because you know roster movement is is free we can put you in the transfer portal so i just think with the current setup and the ability for kids to transfer without having to sit out and, and now you can transfer multiple schools you know it's only fueling this whole thing right you want to get we're, we're taking kids based off of junior seasons we're not seeing what they do as seniors then we can kick them out and now we want to go in the portal and grab someone so you know it's it's certainly been interesting what what the transfer portal has done and i think everyone is still trying to figure it out uh, with that being said, I mean, we saw the the national title game uh, on, on Monday night. You look at you look at uh, Michigan and Washington. Those teams had a combined, I think, nine transfer starters. It wasn't a ton. 
Um, and they had a lot of high school players uh, make, you know, make big plays at, at key moments. So for me, I think the transfer portal, you know, it's still, I view it as free agency, right? I mean, you can, you can build a winner, winner through free agency, but those teams contending through for the Super Bowl, they're still hitting on their fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks. And uh, those fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks, those are high school recruits. I, I think you look at high school recruiting like the NFL draft. So you got to find that balance um, and build it through the high school ranks. A great answer there. And I 100% agree with all of what you were talking about there. And, and it also builds the program and you don't see uh, – well, it was just an interesting dynamic, we'll say, with Florida State. Once they didn't get where they wanted to go, what happened to that program after that? Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting from 24-7 Sports. Always a great listen, always a great guest. Don lined it up. Andrew, appreciate you joining us, my man. Thank you, uh, Andrew. Thanks for having me on, guys. Don, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Appreciate we, it. We will. We'll see each other soon. <laughs> That is Andrew. We are back. I'm going to talk about Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com right now because I missed the 30-minute section because we had such a great guest. They are, of course, great friends of Inside Carolina, great friends of you, the Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. Don Callahan needs to shop at Johnny T-Shirt. He needs to shop at Air and get rid of that Philly stuff. No. and, uh, and I do shop there. And uh, we, we need to get Don on the Johnny T-Shirt train on the show so he could be a model for us but anyway if you're a premium subscriber you get 10 percent off and shop local shop alumni owned and operated on franklin street and if you can't get there you go to johnnytshirt.com national guys pay the bills right quick we'll come back more known dish might be a long one today we'll see ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Don, we are back. It's the noon dish. It's about 12 minutes to the hour. Um, 105 people here. Shout out to everybody in there. Andrew Ivins is great. Let me yeah. ask you a question. Do you look up to him? Is he like life goals for Don Callahan, being a national guy? No. And that's <laughs> nothing against Andrew. Andrew <laughs> is um, – I, I love my gig with Inside Carolina because of my – I have a great work-life balance – 
Um, I don't know Andrew's work-life balance. Um, I know he has a family and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you know, he travels a lot. That's not something that that interests me all that much. I like traveling, but um, I'm more of a homebody. But I mean, you could just look at what his his December and early January looked like as far as traveling, and you know, I don't know if I could deal with that for a long period of time. So kudos to to Andrew for uh, for what he does, and you know, him and I will see each other probably off the top of my head. Under Armour All American uh, camps. Um, he's usually at the one in Atlanta. I'm probably going to be there. And uh, so we'll bump each other there. And I'm sure there's some other stops. But, yeah, he's all over the place. I don't have any interest in that. So, and, and you know, I can't take Buck and Ben with me. So I got to stay here. Well, uh, to Preston's comment, is Don the best local evaluator? Well, of course. Because he's always here. He's well, there's always no other local. competition. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> hey, we didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't, you didn't have to bring that into the factor. Nobody has to know that, but Don Callahan, great get on Andrew Ivins. Appreciate him joining us. I mean, he had 30 minutes. He spent about 35 answering that question. It's interesting, though, and it goes to you as well, even though you cover the portal um, extensively, is like the transfer portal sort of infringing on these guys' business. <laughs> yeah. They cover the high school, and it was an interesting question, and I knew he had to get out of there, but I didn't ask him is that James Pruitt asked this, and I'll ask it for to you, Don, because you're qualified. With the portal, do you get high school athletes waiting to the very last minute to sign on what college they are plan, um, planning to attend? I don't think that the portal is affected when no. kids commit at all or sign. No. I mean, if you saw with North Carolina's class this past year, and really the past couple of years, the majority of – the eventual signees are committed by the end of the summer. There are a couple exceptions. North Carolina needed to get another uh, defensive lineman. So that was that they had to kind of pursue that. That was the only addition that they made in the fall. And it's just with the sped up calendar, Andrew touched on this a little bit with the fact that, you know, senior season evaluations are basically out the window, at least for the power five level. And it's unfortunate because we're dealing with high school boys who yeah. mature at different rates. And if you're playing behind, if you're, we talked about now, Ashton Woods is a kid who I think he's a three-year starter at Walton, which is uncommon at that school. But a lot of those big powerhouse schools in the Atlanta area, those guys have to kind of wait their turn. And if your turn happens to be your senior year, then unless something falls for you, you know, that kind of works out, you're probably not going to go to a power five school. Yeah. So, and that that's unfortunate. But the thing about the portal is, is that now you eventually end up there. Yeah. I mean, we, we had that discussion that portal was taking place and ruining opportunities for young people out of high school, because you might not, you might give a scholarship to a portal guy rather than give a scholarship to a high school kid. Well, now, those kids can go, those young men can go to a lesser, quote-unquote, lesser school, G5, whatever we want to call them, even FCS, mm -hmm. and have the opportunity, if they're good enough, to bounce mm -hmm. up to uh, the P5 or the P2 level. And, and so it's sort of a give, a, give and take there. Um, you know, and like I mentioned before we had Andrew on, it was almost like you want to get a portal guy because if you get a portal guy, he's stuck. And you can – you don't have to promise him or, or give him things or he'll leave like you do with initial counters. 
but now with the free transfer portal, it is kind of what it is. And Mark Kenton says in the chat, recruiting is 365. And Don? It's been 365 for a very long time. It That's is. That's the reason why I've had a full-time job doing this for 20 years, whatever it's been. Oh, yeah. it, I mean, it's been 360. Now, it has, it has changed, you know, it, um, as far as, you know, there was a time where it would slow down a little bit, but I mean, and, and usually, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, whatever it was, this would be a really big time because we would be having January official visits that, you know, kids who are still uncommitted before making a decision on real signing day, which is February first, 3rd or whatever. Yeah. The first Wednesday in February, that's not the case. So it has like, so right now it's slowed down a tad for me. We'll have some, um, there'll be some visits, you know, this month. And then we have a dead period in February. So we'll slow down again, which is nice. Um, but, um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's been 365 for, for, you know, two decades. It's just a matter of just where the busy times are and, and, and that sort of thing have kind of changed a little bit through the years. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, people think Don's not doing anything. It's kind of like the duck. You see the duck on top of the water, he's nice and calm underneath the water. Those feet are going like crazy and Don is Don is the duck feet. Let me not to be confused with duck lips, thank God. Turner Whitfield asks, any chance as defensive side uh letter of intent guys want to be released after the staff I think changes. He, he changed it and he said it should be N I L. So no, it's N L I. National N-I-N- Letter of Intent. Letter oh, of Intent. Okay. Oh, okay. N L I. Okay. Any chance any signee of the Divas? I, I am not aware of that. I, and I don't, that would, I don't want to say surprise me. I, I don't anticipate that, I guess I should say. Good deal. I right. don't get surprised. In general, I don't get surprised by recruiting stuff because I've been doing this long enough to know that unpredictable things have happened all the time. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen happen. Was, um, was, uh, was, uh, the. It would, might have been, um, our guy we had on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> never again and never to re- be I'm, I'm renamed like his name now um i know his name but i'm not mentioning it because we don't say do his that. name so i can at least um double gus bus gus richie yes that was the strangest only because it was his idea and no no i'm not saying this conspiracy he tried to do this against north carolina <laughs> i don't want to yeah that that's from what I know of Gus, and I've had lots of conversations with Gus because anyone who's met Gus has yeah. had a long conversation because that's just the nature. He, you know, made a foolish decision with how he handled things and tried to, you know, anyway. It that, is it is what it is. Yes, yes. And I don't even, think Carolina will be hurting on the recruiting. We talked the about tight it end. a little bit, you know. I won't even go there with the other thing. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a little bit surprising because it was completely his idea and he had his family there. He had his trainer there, who, by the way, the last time I saw Coach uh, Andre Purvis, which was during the football season, so it's been a while, but he had told me he had not spoken to Gus since then. And it's not his doing. Gus just hadn't reached out to him, had stopped training with him and all that sort of stuff. I think Gus felt a little bit embarrassed with how everything went down. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is. Uh, one thing that was taught long ago, never burn the bridge that you may have to cross later. Yeah. And um uh, it's interesting how that plays into recruiting. It's also never step on the toes of the ass you might have to kiss later. <laughs> Different variations of that, but I digress. Are we ready to go to top five? Yeah. Do we have any other? Well, there's. I see there's a couple of questions. Do you want to? 
Can you not star the questions in there? I cannot. I think I need to be locked. We got to figure this out some one day. I, I think I need to be logged in. I don't know. We could talk about this off air because nobody else, I think, cares about this conversation besides you and I. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would love for you to have the ability to star them. So we're going to figure that out. Because okay. I see them and I just like, I'm not really, I don't see a ton of questions. There's one, the very, the just Thomas Chancey. Yeah. Jeff Collins as a rep is a great evaluator of talent. Can you comment on that and comment on any recruiting acumen? You mentioned it in the scoop, so I don't want to spoil the scoop. Yeah, but. I don't want to spoil the scoop. But, yeah, I mean, there were definitely just – I could have spent a lot of time on this. Um, but I didn't have a whole lot of time because – and I've mentioned this before. I mean, the, I don't write – the um the weekly scoop on tuesday morning just because it gets posted on morning afternoonish the weekly scoop is like a it's a weekly thing it's a weekly work effort yeah i wouldn't say it's a full week i probably start really working on a thursday friday sort of thing but um i didn't i wasn't afforded all of that because the transfer portal we had this past weekend which was an open window for visits. So I was dealing with a lot of that stuff. And for those who were kind of following the twists and turns with that, there were going to be three official visitors and there were two and there was potentially going to be another. And then this, and there was a guy who kind of visited and it, it was just, it was nuts with how everything was changing. So I was really busy and didn't get to spend as much time as I would have liked to and dig as much as I would have liked to with Jeff Collins. And, um, but just a little bit that I was looking into of that. Um, you look at some of the guys he brought in at Georgia Tech was you know pretty impressive considering what they ended up doing as far as you know the NFL and in the transfer portal and and that sort of thing. Um, there's a lineman now that North Carolina recently offered you know transferring out of Georgia Tech. You know so um, you know he did some good things there at Florida. Uh, you know, looking at what he did in Florida was pretty impressive. He was only there for two seasons, and I think he signed four blue chip recruits, which is pretty significant for a defensive coordinator. And these were recruits from Florida, from Georgia, from Alabama. But then also there were a few um, non-blue chip guys who end up being solid players for Florida also. So, so yeah, so, you know, I, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm really – interested to kind of follow Collins as a recruiter in North Carolina. That'd be interesting. It's diff- It's going to be different yeah. for sure. And it's something that North Carolina has really has missed because, you know, I think people are starting to realize now that when Jay Bateman was on staff, he really kind of plugged a lot of holes as a recruiter for UNC on the defensive side. And I think Collins will kind of fit a similar role because if you also look back on Collins as a recruiter, I mean, he, he actually, you know, his best player they brought into Mississippi State was a running back. You know, he brought in s- several different positions um, when he was at Florida. So this is a guy who is not strictly, yes, his, I guess his main thing is edge rushers and outside linebackers and that sort of thing. But he definitely can recruit every position, super likable guy. I mentioned Brother Bob in the uh, the weekly scoop. I don't know if you caught that, Tommy. But immediately I got a text message from my brother about just uh, Collins' time at Temple and just the impression that he kind of made there in just just two years, you know, because of the brand he kind of brings. And that sort of stuff helps with recruiting. Kids like that sort of weird stuff, like your drink diet Mountain Dew. I don't know what it is, you know, a case a day or whatever, whatever craziness it is. So 
Yeah, I, really, I, I think I, it'll be fun. it's going to be fun following him as a recruiter. I saw your reference to Brother Bob, and I was like, I, you know, if he's anything like you, um, I, he he is he is he is not. I mean, look at you beaming! Brother. Look at you beaming! Talking about Brother Bob, it's impressive. Brother Bob is something to be proud of. <laughs> he's, different, he's different than me, but obviously we're similar. Uh, Let's uh let's talk. We used to share a bed. It was okay, a bunk let's, bed. <laughs> let's I was gonna say let's get to the top five here. We're not going into some old off the rails stuff. Uh I'll start with Preston Greensboro. Top five things you'll do now that college football season is over. Watch all of my podcasts. Well, pretty boring life, my man. <laughs> but I do appreciate it. And you're uh, telling me I should be watching your podcast. Well, I mean, you should because you work with me and you should know what we're saying on the other stuff. Watch UNC basketball. I can hear that. Drink more beer at Hooters. I can see that. Online shop at Johnny T-shirt. Checking all the bingo boxes. <laughs> and Don's favorite, finally have time to bid Swiping America. Oh. Did, you, is, did you finish that? I watched it. Okay. <sighs> it was, it was uh, it, I mean, if you don't like dating shows or whatever, it's not going to be your cup of tea. But it was a different sort of of um, spin on the dating show. Idea. It was interesting, and uh, although it didn't have, a, I feel like it didn't have a conclusion, which is probably realistic. But I guess is there a season two coming up there, update or whatever. I uh, yeah, it was interesting. I, I I did watch it all, though I will admit. Eric Rust, get ready for baseball. That is absolutely correct. I uh, I feel you there. Don's so I know got you're. A, I know you're a baseball fan, but so. Do you have a team, or what? What is? What do you do? Do you just watch the like pro baseball? baseball? Yeah, pro baseball. I mean, if I had to pick a team, it's going to be Atlanta because they're pretty close. Okay. Um, Washington's we, fairly close too, but they're terrible. So you, so you don't really have a team, but I know I you're a baseball fan. A what fan? A baseball fan. Are, are you, yeah, you, I love you just baseball. College baseball. I love college baseball. I love okay. going to baseball. Um, okay. You know, I watch all the playoffs and the pros, but I won't watch much regular season. Okay. Pro baseball, but I watch college, and I of course cover Carolina, the Carolina beat as much as possible for Inside Carolina. While Adam and those guys are wrapped up in spring ball, and then uh, sort of keep that going on the Inside Carolina baseball message board, the Diamond Hills baseball message board. Um, so that was there. James Pruitt, since college football is over, college basketball go heels. Are you a college basketball person? I used to get really big into the uh, March Madness in the tournament and stuff like that. Um, I think really a lot of my viewing habits have kind of changed since COVID, but um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll get back. And, and also I got so much, so heavily into gambling. I was going to say, are you one of those? And I think the article, somebody posted the article on the message boards about the Gen Z and I know you're not Gen Z, but are you more of, I pay attention because I bet on something sports fan. <sighs> Yes and no. I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm slowly co- starting to turn into that. Like I mean that's why I love MMA. I feel I like it's the best that. it's the best sport to to gamble on if if you are if you enjoy gambling it's the best sport to gamble on. MMA when one person can land a sucker punch exactly. and there's no science to it. Yes, because well I there is science it. to it. Once you no, watch it, you, yeah. everybody gets caught. Yeah. It does but you we gotta have you come over. We gotta I have just you come don't over get watch. into it. I love boxing. 
what but I do not so like MMA. I grew up a big boxing fan. I cannot watch boxing now because I feel like it's too slow. And then when they start to clinch each other in MMA, when they start to clinch each other, that's a whole, the game just changed. I don't like it because you can get caught and it's over. You know, yeah, everybody, just, even the best fight, the best martial arts, MMA, you know, whatever, those type fighters, the best one can get caught by a, not yes. a sucker no, you're, punch you're, or a cheap shot, are, but just a haymaker. And you're absolutely right. But the longer the match goes in, the less power you have, so the less likely that happens. And also, if you've ever taken any sort of boxing classes or imagine any sort of martial arts classes, the thing that they hammer first and foremost is defense more than anything else. So you uh, are supposed to be trained on not taking that punch. But the other element to MMA is also if you're not smart, and you're going against someone who is in jujitsu, they can get you quickly in a hold, and it's over. And I'm not a fan, and we're going to move off of this because we're losing viewers talking about MMA garbage. Uh, <laughs> I don't like beating somebody when they're on the ground. I mean, man up. Let's step up straight up toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Don't, don't allow it to get to the ground. Not beat somebody when they're on the ground. It just seems like it, it just doesn't seem good to me, and I hate it. I don't like seeing that. Sean Crawley says, watch. Come over. Um, you're going to have to have a lot of refreshments. Watch college we, we, basketball. We more college basketball. <laughs> watch IC podcast. Go to vacation. Watch baseball. Get ready for college football. Sean Crawley needs to be wrapped up in IC swag. That man has <laughs> got to be. I think Here's I'm going to make breadcrumbs of what's your favorite beer? I don't really have one. I'll drink whatever you got. Okay. Breadcrumbs from Clayton. To Holly Springs, to my house. <laughs> I need. Uh, I don't like. I mean, I'll drink an IPA, but they're too heavy. I'll drink some. So you do give, light beer? Um, give me a light beer. You know, local brewery light beers stuff. We can get to IPAs are just too heavy. I got to keep up the fit, man. I got the Jim Holland college basketball first, then college lacrosse, and then baseball. Them college lacrosse, them them folks tough now. <laughs> They tough and crazy. You whack yeah. each other with a stick. I mean, yeah. I would just be ready to drop gloves and let's go. You hit me in the face with that stick, we're going. I digress. Last question for the noon dish, and before I talk about it, would you have your top five? I will, but I'm gonna say congruity is my top five right now because they've got five reasons why you need to be a smaller business owner using congruity. What are they, Don? Customer service. Customer service. Technology. Technology. They do all the heavy lifting with payroll and HR while you grow your business. So they take care of your people. They grow your business. They're a national-based company that started out as a local-based company. And they have transformed themselves into a national company, which is exactly what they can do for you. And the fifth thing, they, tra they transfer them. They're obsessed with customer service, the technology, the empowering, the North Carolina base, but they also, they give Inside Carolina watchers and viewers a free assessment. Go to congruityhr.com slash Tar Heels, fill out the form, they'll connect you with someone, they can give you a free assessment. Do it. If you're a business owner, do this, see what they've got to offer, and they will take care of you. Last thing. Uh, I had it right here. Preston give you the last questions are you concerned for the future of college or of all-star games and bowl games with all the opt-outs done and i asked it to andrew um and he talked about how it took him a while to get 
players because they had to deal with this, but are you personally concerned with the future of this type stuff, whether it's high school all-star games or college bowl games? Yes, but I think these things will evolve somehow. Because I think, obviously, I mean, I had to constantly remind myself that these games were on. Um, as I mentioned, I mean, I, I was going down to Spartanburg for 20 years and haven't been in the last few years because it's just so it's it's just not, you know, I don't get as much out of it from a work standpoint as I used to. Um, I have gone to the Under Armour. I've gone to both Under Armour and um, the All-American Bowl. Um, um, but I mean, you know, it's just it's not beneficial for me. But even from watching it standpoint, they had the Under Armour game on, I think, like four o'clock on Wednesday on a Wednesday, which is so right. strange. They had, um, you know, the the. The All American was on is I guess it's normal time or whatever, but it's yeah I just don't I think once the TV stations start to realize that that these things are not getting the viewers that they used to, I think they're going to change some things. I don't know if I don't know if fans I don't know if the opt outs matter that much. I just think the interest is is kind of waning in those things because of just the way the the recruiting calendar has kind of sped up so much. And this, now, we've been training this way way before the, the, the NIL stuff. Now, let me ask you this as far as that before we get out of here. When you when It used to be a huge deal. People were selected for these All-American Bowls or mm -hmm. the Unarmed Bowl and all. They'd have jersey ceremonies and all that kind of stuff. When you opt out or when you were already on a college campus and you don't want to do this, how did, is it still a big deal for these kids to get selected? Well, so there were, there were a couple kids – um, and Rosinski was one of them who was actually at North Carolina. And I believe he received the call when he was in Chapel Hill. And so he was permitted to go to San Antonio. So for some of these kids, it does matter, you know, but I think some of the big time players who have, you know, 2 million followers already on Twitter, maybe it doesn't matter that much, or maybe they value more. I don't know. It, it you know, I know you hate case by case, but I think it, it matters to some kids clearly to Rosinski, clearly to, uh, Jordan ship because those guys were at it the last minute and went down there and, and performed great. Um, so, so yeah, but you, you and I haven't given our top five. Give your top five for us to get out of here. What do I do now that college football season? Yeah, what do you do? Uh, inside Carolina podcast repeatedly post games, noon dish with Don, uh, Carolina baseball is coming up. We'll start doing that. Start talking to coach Forbes on a weekly basis, talk to the players on a weekly basis, do articles, um, hopefully get a vacation of some sort, get away. I think we're trying to do Yellowstone. So if anybody's watching this and has some Yellowstone tips or some hookups, let me know. Um, cause that's going to be the family trip and then get to the beach, get some salt water and get some fishing in. And I knew that visit the man tower was not on your list. The man tower has been accomplished on December the 20th. Dude, we talked for five hours straight. It was beautiful. We need to make it happen again. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually watched it from the very beginning to the very end. That I would be interested in that. What's your top five before we can get out All of right, here? Top five. Um, oh, um, I'm now going back to more high schools. I wasn't able to do because uh, well, it was more transfer portal and all that other stuff. So I am actually making a couple of visits in Charlotte tomorrow um so that's the one thing um binge watching i haven't done a whole lot of binge watching during 
the football season. I'll get back onto that. Get so maybe we need to have a top five television show next week so we can get some some show ideas. And they have to be new shows. New new shows, yeah. No, like talking about Breaking Bad again because I'm yeah. wa- I'm watching Reacher, Monarch, and I just started uh, Fool Me Once. Okay. Um, the other was see. Yes, I'm trying to think of where I'm at. Um, more time with family. I've been neglecting them. <laughs> um, the other sports, MMA, I always make time for, but obviously we'll get more time. Hockey, I've been making time for, but it has kind of fall by the wayside sometimes. But Flyers are actually they should make the playoffs. They're playing much better than their talent, which is great. And then the Phillies will be, I think it's like a, um, a month or so, or is it's almost a month away from spring training, you know, pitchers and catches reporting. And then my number one honeydew list, which I've already kind of started. A hundred percent. I had to fix my, um, my guest fireplace over the weekend. Finally did that. I have some stuff already on the list for this weekend. So yeah, I can no longer say I got, this is my job. I have got to watch college football from noon until 1 a.m. when the Hawaii game is over. I can no longer say that. Well, don't please don't let me watch the house that exploded in Holly Springs because you're messing with gas lines. Well, we've already passed that, so we're good now. <laughs> okay, because, I mean, it happens. There's two things I will not touch. I will not mess with electrical, mm-hmm. and I will not mess with gas-related stuff. So I'm let the professionals of, do that. I'm definitely scared of gas. You know, so I turned that off. I made sure I was sniffing the entire time. <laughs> um, electrical, I don't worry so much because you, you, know, you just turn off the power, and you're usually pretty good. All right. All but, right. Well, anyway. Jim Holland in the chat. Hit me up, Tommy at InsideCarolina.com. Send me an email. Uh, we are done. It's an hour and 15 minutes in. It has been a fun show. Shout out to Andrew Ivins for joining us. So great content. If you did not hear Andrew, go back and watch that again. This will be on the pod feed soon enough. Don Callahan, always shout out as a great co-host. I'm Tommy Ashley and shout out to Johnny t-shirt congruity and all the folks that have taken time out of their day to join the new dish. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Tommy. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.